everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have another special guest with me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Helen Ross. Uh, what do you do? I am a licensed tech at Sumner Veterinary Hospital. You work the day shift, right? That's why Correct. I never get to see you. Correct. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So we're going to talk today about how Helen actually became an LVT and what she does. So um, you went a different route from the last time I talked to Sarah and Tia. They had gone to um, Pima. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes, Pima. And so you ended up going the grandfather route. Is that Correct. right? Yeah. Okay. So can you kind of tell me, like, did you have experience beforehand before you actually did the grandfather route? Yeah, I've actually been a technician since 1996. So when I moved to Washington. How was that? You're only like 20, right? (laughs) Yeah, I wish. (laughs) No, when I moved to Washington in 2009, the grandfathering program was still available. Mm -hmm. And I'd had the requirements needed at that point to grandfather in. So all I had to do was apply to take the the actual test and have a doctor sign off on me that they agreed that, yes, I'd, I'd worked the time that was needed. Nice. You didn't have to like show them that you had done certain skills or anything like that. No, okay. no. I just had to have a doctor sign off on me that said that I'd worked. I think it was like you had to have six years or something on the field. Interesting. And yeah, you had to have minimal skills. You know, you had to know how to restrain, how to draw blood, how to do lab work, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really didn't need anything as as much as like California needed, which is why I never did it in California. Yeah. And then you did mostly general practice, you were saying, right? Correct. Yeah, I've only, this is my first ER job, so I'd only ever done general practice. But I was lucky enough to have experiences in large animal as well as in exotics, which I think really helped me. Wow, nice. What did you do for large animal? I worked for the horse vet that I had, who was the vet for my horse. And he allowed me to do farm calls with him. So we went and we, you know, did general vaccine appointments, uh, floated teeth. I helped with a uh, fractured bone that we sedated the horse for to fix and things like that. So it's pretty cool. That sounds terrible to me, but I'm glad you got that experience. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> and then what did you do with the exotics? How did you get your exotics experience? So the clinic I worked at hired a veterinarian for their exotics, and I ended up being her technician. So I was her tech only for four years. We did birds, rabbits, rats, snakes, you name it. So we did all kinds of things from, you know, just the general health and wellness checks. We did farm calls. So if they had like aviaries, we went and did those. Oh, cool. And then we also did surgeries on them. We pinioned an African crown crane, which was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Good. So it sounds like you got a lot of like hands-on experience mm-hmm. to kind of help you with the testing. Yes. Right? Yeah. So how did you prepare for the test then? So I actually went online and I ordered one of those reviews and answered booklets. Yeah. So I went through and I did that. And that's kind of all I really did. Um, I had a colleague many years ago who went through and did Western Career College, which is a technician program in California. Mm -hmm. Well, because he was a teacher there, he actually gave me a set of all of their books. So I actually used those as well. My McKernan's, I, I think I read through pretty thoroughly. Yeah. And I, that's all I really did. I was like, if I'm going to get this, I'm going to get it. If I don't, I don't. The book, um, if I remember correctly, it's just called like the technician's guide or something like that. Yeah. It's like technician review and answer questions. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. So it's like Mosby's. I think it is. Right. Exactly. Since I'm also from California, like I had known Western and, Mm -hmm. you know, the program there and the testing results and, you know, how, how they actually had quite a lot of people who, when they took the test, were able to pass it. 
mostly using that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the testing, like how difficult do you think the test was? I actually got really lucky. My test was 90% exotics. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, and like the other was some lab and then large animal. Yeah. So I really lucked out. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that, you know, sitting there, you do the questions and you always doubt yourself. But I, when I got the phone call that said you passed, I actually was in the top five percentage of that class. You got a phone call? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Was it the paper copy or was it on the computer? It was paper. Yeah. I did paper. You hand it in. It was like two yeah. weeks after I handed it in. Yeah. I uh, They gave me a phone call. Yeah. And told me that I'd passed. And Are you jealous that now they actually just tell you immediately? A little bit because it would have taken some of that pressure off, the wondering. Right. But, right. you know, it was it was nice. Yeah. So. As a veterinarian, when we take our test, we actually have to wait about two to three months to get our results. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so then what did you do after you got your LBT license? I got a better job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went from an assistant of a two-doctor practice to being an LVT at a five-doctor practice. So awesome. it was a better job, better money, you know, the usual. Yeah, okay. And then how long were you there for before you came here? I've actually worked five other places before I came here. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I jump around a lot, but... Well, you've been here for a while now, so it seems like you're... Almost four years. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the longest you've been at a place for? I roughly average about four years. <laughs> well, we're going to make this one like 50, so... Mm. I don't know if I'm going to live that long. <laughs> All right, so tell me, what? How, how did you transition going from like from general practice to wanting to do ER? So I'm always one of those kind of people that wants a challenge. Mm -hmm. General practice, it can only offer so much. Yeah. It, you can learn, yes, you can specialize in lab in a smaller place. You can do dentals like I did for four years. You can do, you know, um, God, like weight loss programs, which I took charge of and set up. But it's only going to give you so much. Mm -hmm. Every clinic is different, but the challenges in general practice are basically the same. Yeah. So I had reached that point where it was, do I want to continue being in veterinary medicine and not be challenged and find something else or take this chance that I was given to, to come work in an ER place? Yeah. So it sounds like it was a lot of growth for you to come work at an ER. Yeah. There was definitely coming here a lot of firsts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, I know I didn't work days with you a lot, but I feel like you transitioned very easily into this position. I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think when we, when I started, we were a lot slower mm -hmm. here, which I think pre really, yes. yes, pre COVID, yes. it really helped Yeah. because I didn't have that moment you walk in and there's like 40 things already on the board to do. Right. So I was able to take that time and learn where the things were, or learn what the doctors needed from me, mm -hmm. as opposed to sort of sort of thrown into the deep end and trying to figure out how to swim on my own. Right, right. Which hopefully just our new training program helps with that a bit now. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. So then tell me what you do now. What is your job title now? So I am a lead, daytime lead here at Sumner, and so I'm in charge of just generally make sure everybody's doing okay, organize their day, make sure that everybody knows where there's to be, help them when they need help. I'm also still a treatment technician, so I still have all those responsibilities as well as far as, you know, drawing blood, helping with surgeries, x-rays, those kind of day-to-day -day things as well. Do you do kind of like a floating position? Like, do you go help over in... 
Oh, and like nursing care? I will help wherever anybody needs it. I try to make sure my team has the support they need, whether that's helping them with a lab test they don't know how to do, or cashing somebody out if the finances seem a little bit weird, dealing with the, you know, maybe a slightly difficult client, trying to get through that form. You had mentioned the lab testing. Was that much different than when you worked at the GP practices? No. Same same machines and everything? Same machines, yeah. Because I've worked at so many different hospitals, I have experience with a multitude, like antique machines. I've worked with ESCA machines. I've worked with our IDEX machines before. So that wasn't hard to to do either. Nice. Do you enjoy doing your lead position? Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell me, like, what are the good things and bad things about just working in the ER? The good things, I think, are, like I said, the challenge. I do like the challenge, getting to help that really sick pet walk out of here, which is great. The hard things are those really bad surgeries where there's nothing you can do for them or you've done everything you can and the outcome is still the same. Having to explain to a client, you know, why their animal just passed. Yeah. Like waiting for funds or whatever, things like that. I think that's tough. I always think funding is a really big problem when it comes mm-hmm. to ER versus yeah. general practice. Yeah. For sure. Did you do any general practice while you were here? Did you just, have you only done ER since you've been here? Here at Sumner? Mm-hmm. Only ER. Okay. Yeah, I was hired as a ER end of the week technician. And then just with everything that you've gone through here, do you feel like that testing actually helped you at all do ER? Like the LVT the test? LVT test, yep. I don't even know that I remember it well enough <laughs> at this point anymore. And like I said, most of my testing was all in exotics and large animal, which is right. not what we do here. So, Do you feel at all like you missed out on anything not going to school? Watching some of the people who go through school, the, the sort of struggles they have with the not having that hands-on, mm-hmm. I don't think I did. So I was really, really lucky. I had people I worked with who really wanted to teach, really wanted everybody to learn and know how to do everything they knew how to do. So there was never anything that I I wasn't allowed to learn or somebody wasn't like, oh no, I don't want to show you how to do that. It was definitely like, oh yeah, come on, come on, let me show you how to do this dental. Let me show you how to extract this tooth. Let me show you the proper way to restrain this giant macaw, you know, things like that, which was great. That is really lucky. There's just a lot of places that won't let you do things. They don't want you to, you know, do anything besides just what fits in this little box. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they miss out on a lot, especially if you don't understand like how to do something or why you're doing something. Like, especially when the doctor gets hurt, you're, you're the backup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You gotta be able to help. Yeah. But you also need to have that own personal drive. You have to be the one that steps up and says, you know, let show me how to do this. I want to learn. You have to prove that you, you really want to learn. Otherwise nobody's going to show you even if they want to. Right. Absolutely. Do you do um, a lot of CE stuff? I try. It is a little hard with my schedule. I tend to find the ones that are available for me are always on that Wednesday through Friday when I'm at work. But, um, you know, doing one of those like larger CEs would be nice. I think that's kind of a goal of mine. You should think about going to like IVEX one Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do think it'd be really good because a lot of the continuing education, like big conferences that we have here, they're mostly general practice focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're going to do ER, like you should go to an ER one, critical care and ER one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely the ones that are available 
are just not things that either A, are going to be useful for me, yeah, or B, are things that I don't already know. Right. Right. So. Absolutely. And even things like I still, I still know a lot of things and still even going to IVEX, like you'll still learn little things that you're going to pick up here and there that, you know, that I might not have known from before or have heard from other people from their experience, which I really like. Yeah. And then do you feel like um, just you being in this lead position, do you feel like it really helps also by helping the other people who are in school? I hope so. Um, we do have a few people going through school down here right now yeah. that I am trying to find the time to take under my wing and just kind of show them how to do things. Uh, there's a few of them down there right now that, you know, yes, we've taken the time. We've shown them how to draw blood, place catheters, and they're doing great. Yeah, good. And then do you feel like when or if it becomes a thing that we're able to do grandfathering in in Washington, because that's something they're doing in California right now, do you think that you'll be able to help them be prepared for that if this does come here? I think, honestly, there's a few assistants that I've worked with over the years that know more than some LVTs that I've met out there mm -hmm. because they've had that opportunity to learn on the job. Yeah. And I think that if they allowed grandfathering back in, we A, we'd have a lot more LVTs out there, which would be amazing. And then, too, yeah, there are definitely many ways to, to get them to learn and to, to help them into that position and, and get through that test. Yeah. Do you see, do you have any like cons that you see from it? From grandfathering in? Maybe just there's not as many little things that you're going to learn. You know, yeah. some people learn things from books that I'm never going to know, right? I didn't right. read through them. I didn't learn that way. So there's going to be certain things every now and then, maybe some weird medication and what it does. Yeah. If that's in some pharmacology book, it may not be in the back of my brain because I never read it. Yeah. Is it something that you would go looking up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I use plums a lot. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, I feel like that is a big deal with it. Like as long as somebody can like, if you do the grandfathering, you come across medications and stuff you don't know, like it's a really big deal. You should know mm -hmm. and, and be able to go look it up after. Yeah. Definitely knowing where to find the answers is going to be very crucial. Yeah. Yeah. But now like our computers, there's a much easier way to do all of that. Yeah. True. Yes. True. <laughs> Okay. Well, I super appreciate you doing this with me. Yeah, thank you. And, yeah. And hopefully they will be able to do the grandfathering in. We'll have to see what comes of that later on. But yeah, I know last year they went to apply for it or to pass it through and it didn't pass. So they're right. trying. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe after California gets it going quite a bit more, maybe they'll sit, maybe Washington will then. Yeah. And I can see, you know, maybe needing the requirements to be a little bit more. Because I know when I grandfathered, and like I said, I think you needed like five or six years experience and things like that. But maybe if they made it like, oh, you know, if you've been in the field eight years and you do at least, you know, a few specific courses through a schooling that they would let you grandfather in. As yeah. opposed to having to like graduate from that school, you could take like pharmacology. You could take, you know, things like that. Yeah. When I, when I was going to apply for it, you actually had to like have very specific things uh, marked off. So like you'd have to have proven that you could do that proficiently before mm -hmm. you could actually go and take the test. And there was like, you'd go from like dentistry to ER stuff, pharmacology, parasitology, things like that. And you could go to the local college and just take those courses. So if I didn't have, I don't know, bandaging or something like you could go to a course and just take bandaging skills. 
but it just had to have been like a very proficient thing for you to be able to have it marked off before you could actually take the test. So maybe even something like that. Yeah. Like just like, yeah, I think that'd be good too. Yeah, just so you have some knowledge of those things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Helen. I yeah, super thank you. appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, I'm back in my cold room again, so I can just tell you my story really quickly and then kind of tell you what's up for next week. So uh, my story is actually going to be what I did before I was a veterinarian. So I was actually a technician for about 20 years before I went to vet school. And um, I kind of started the same way as Helen did. So I did a lot of general practice first, and I went to a couple different clinics. I think I was at about three different clinics. Um, I did some exotics as well. Um, I did ophthalmology, which is funny. You wouldn't think I did ophthalmology because I really don't like ophthalmology now. But I did ophthalmology for a little bit. And then um, after that, I went into the ER. I had no horse experience. Um, If anybody knows me, I am deathly allergic to horses. So I try to stay as far away from horses as possible. But uh, I did have you know quite a lot of experience beforehand. And then I went to ER as a technician and I spent a lot of time on ER. But before that, I actually, during my general practice time, uh, I had been going to school as well. So at that time, you could grandfather in And so kind of like I'd mentioned before, like I had to show different proficiencies. And so I only had to take a couple of classes on things. Like it was actually the large animal stuff that I had to take classes on in order to be able to like take the test. So I originally was going to go to school just to take those classes, but then I was learning so many things that I really thought it was super interesting because uh, I always like to know the why behind things, and that was not something that the veterinarians that I worked with could really do for me. So I just started taking classes and pretty much took my classes to become an RVT, which is different in California. It's called a registered veterinary technician versus Washington, which is a licensed veterinary technician. It's essentially the same thing, but it's just two different ways that they like to say it. So I could have taken the test at that time, and would have become an RVT just by grandfathering in. But I decided not to. The doctor at that time had told me that if I did go get my RVT license, that I would lose my job. And so it's really interesting to see how much things have changed from then to now, because back then uh, they didn't want to pay an RVT. They just wanted to be able to pay their assistants less money and teach them how to do everything a RVT would do. They did not value what an RVT does at that time. And so instead, I did my schooling because I just really wanted to learn and I didn't take the test. And then I became an emergency technician and I worked there for quite a long time and just loved it and decided that I just need to have more knowledge even. And so that's when I decided to go to vet school. I had always wanted to go to vet school, but really it was very hard for me to do that. I didn't have the funds. Um, I didn't have, like I was pretty much on my own from about age 17, I lived on my own. Everything was my own. I didn't pay, like my parents didn't pay for literally anything, not a dime of anything. So. It was really hard for me to go to school and work my normal 40-hour job, which was always more than 40 hours, 
And then also on top of that, I did pet sitting. So it was really difficult for me to do that, but um, I did it. And then when I got into undergraduate, like I was able to focus more on my undergraduate work and then eventually get into vet school where I still had jobs when during the summertime there and during winter breaks and stuff, but really it was just focusing just on vet school. And then I also had a kid during vet school. So that was, you know, just crazy. And there weren't very many people who had a kid during vet school. But um, I just want to share my story about that because it's just is very interesting between, you know, what Helen had gone through and what Tia and Sarah went through and then what I went through. Um, and I'm going to try to get Heather on board as well. Um, I believe she is the last one who went to Pierce College. So I'm going to try to talk to her in the next couple of weeks so we can kind of get everybody's variation of like how they went through their schooling and hopefully eventually we'll get somebody who went through P through um, Penn Foster so that again we can just get like another uh, story on like how how their education went so I know that there are a lot of people who always want to know like, well, which school is going to be the best one for me. So I'm hoping that this kind of helps a little bit between all of those. All right. So next week I'm going to be doing paraphimosis and I'm not going to spoil what that means. So if you don't know what it means, then you can go look it up if you really want to. Um, but you might want to do it on your own phone and not the work phone or not the work computer. But uh, otherwise, you'll be surprised next week when we talk about it. Okay? All right, guys. I super appreciate you guys all listening to this. And I just wanted to give a shout out real quick to some of the people who listen to this the most. So um, we have April, our receptionist on the overnights, listens to this a lot and thinks she's becoming... Um, I know she already is really good at her client communication skills, but is becoming more informed about even more diseases, which is awesome. We have Nicole up in HR. She listens to this quite a lot and uh, is now apparently going to become uh, an expert at a lot of our our stuff that we do in ER, which is amazing. Not everybody who is going to be in some sort of management position is going to be that invested in this. So I think that's awesome. And then also Sean. Sean has been uh, listening to this. I think he is uh, probably the number one fan. I think he listens to this literally as soon as it comes out every time. But he's done a great job as well about like picking up all that information too. So I'm super proud of him for that. And also, um, if you need anything fixed, like the computers fixed, like if you can't get the cameras and stuff up, he's really good about helping with that as well. So those are the three big people, but there's so many other people who do listen to this and I know are catching up on all of the episodes as well. So again, just like thank you for listening to this. If you guys have anything that you want to listen to, you want me to talk about, um, please tell me. I know that I've had a couple of people who have said a couple of things and I'm going to try to get to those lists. I have like literally this running list of things to get to. So anything that you want me to talk about, just tell me and we will get to that. I think that probably the following week I'm going to be doing something that Jenny had asked for and it's basically going over like blood work, blood work, just like what certain things on blood work mean and what to kind of look for for certain types of patients. So we'll kind of go over that. Like I said, I think I'm going to do that in two weeks. Okay. All right. Thank you again, guys.